Hello and welcome to Kitchen Sessions. I'm Charlotte Hastings of Therapy Kitchen, here to explore how food means more than meets the belly. Each meal we enjoy, even the tea we love, will hold a little memory, a small story that could take us into the heart of who we are. As a therapist and a cookery teacher, I use our stories with food to take a natural journey into the inner world, finding a person's unique recipe for life to feed the soul. To stir this pot of culinary enlightenment, each session I'll invite a guest to tell me about a dish they love, something special to them, maybe with their name on it, to let us know more about the person who makes it, and perhaps to know ourselves a little better too. I hope you'll enjoy these kitchen sessions, which are made in the spirit of what's perfectly possible rather than what's impossibly perfect. My guest today is Vanessa O'Shea. With a background in shaping workplace culture for which she's written a practical guide, Vanessa now leads CHOMP, a project supporting low-income families across Brighton and Hove, particularly those on free school meals. CHOMP provides holiday lunch clubs across the city where, pre-lockdown, families could meet and get involved with craft activities before enjoying a shared lunch. This is where I've got involved, cooking with families, feeding not just the belly, but hearts and minds too. During the COVID crisis, CHOMP has provided 1,200 food hampers and vouchers to their families, as well as initiating a run club, taking families to Rock Farm for the day and maintaining connection during this difficult time. Vanessa has two main passions, ensuring no child goes hungry and helping families to get back on their feet. These are passions we share and have enjoyed working together, creating opportunities for families to safely connect, fostering an adaptive, solution-focused culture of cooperation that recognises we are all essentially one family. So the tune I've chosen to introduce Vanessa is Sister Sledge singing We Are Family.
Thank you so much for um, coming along today and meeting me on Zoom here. It's lovely to see you. You're um, very welcome. Because <laughs> we've been working together for a little while um, with the organisation CHOMP. I wonder whether you could tell me a little bit about CHOMP and how, yeah, wh where that stands in your life, maybe. Um, so CHOMP is a, um, a project that uh, really it seeks to eradicate holiday hunger or do its bit to eradicate holiday hunger. So it does that by um, putting on free lunch and activity clubs throughout the summer holidays or the school holidays, rather, um, for those children that are entitled to free school meals that wouldn't necessarily get a, a hot meal um, during the holidays. Um, so that's predominantly what it does. Um, it also does other um, initiatives during term time, increasingly cookery workshops, um, after school clubs. Um, and more recently, we've been doing... Um, uh, sort of, I've set up a women's running group. Um, we're training women up to be baristas, so we're providing that more holistic um, kind of support to families. Um, but everything we do really is geared towards um, ensuring children are hungry. Yeah, that was your starting point, and I, I was so pleased to come along. But it, it's kind of providing entertainment in the holidays as well, because that's so expensive, isn't it? I mean, especially in the mm. winter time when you can't get outside. So this is something really. Um, powerful I think that uh, Trump has provided and as well as raising the issue of holiday hunger because mm. you know it's it's something that can go quite missed is that would that be your experience as well? Yeah for sure I mean certainly the you know the the creative side is, is going back to that point is really um is really key and and giving um children the opportunity to to have fun and express themselves creatively is a big mm. part of CHOMP as well. And activities during the holidays are so expensive and, yeah. you know, really out of the reach of the families that we work with. So it's, it's a key part of what we do is offering children the opportunity to do that because they need to be able to express themselves creatively to grow and develop as, mm. you know, little human beings. We all do. So um, that is a key part. Um, and, you know, raising the issue of holiday hunger, yes, is key, I think, um, you know, all that, that Marcus Rashford has done recently has mm -hmm. um, maybe helped to take a bit of the stigma out of um, actually, you know, being in a family where you don't have enough, um, you don't have enough food um, mm -hmm. and that you might be going hungry or you might not be eating health, you know, be able to afford healthy food. Um, so, um, yeah, they, he and others have done a great job in, in kind of bringing that to the fore and bringing that to our attention because I think it's a hidden, it can be quite a hidden problem. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know we see 
if you like, we see homeless people on the streets. That's a very in-your-face kind of problem. We see the reality of that, but we don't often see what it's like behind closed doors for families that, you know, might have got themselves into debt or, you know, because of various life circumstances, um, they're struggling um, to feed their kids for whatever reason. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, what, what's happened has just shone a light really on the problems that have been there all along for many years, mm. um, but are, are increasing now. We, we've certainly seen that. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that phrase. You've shone a light on it because that's very much how it's felt for me. And, um, that, that was how I became first involved was providing cookery workshops for, for the children, but also what, um, you've been saying about the provision of uh, barista training for the mums, the running club for the mums. There is this extended kind of family holding really, which has been my experience that, you know, parents, they need uh, not necessarily parenting, but they need that support to be able to give that to their kids. So there's a real sense of a very holistic approach, yeah, to family work, and it's not just focused on the on the kids themselves, but um, focused on the adults and their creative needs, their social needs that are, you know, equal to our physical needs for food. I would say. Yeah, I totally agree with that, and but you know, we all know how we need um uh you know to feed our souls um to you know function as, as as human beings and um i think um a lot of our families because of their you know unique circumstances have maybe um not had the opportunity to do that so we're thrilled to be able to offer you know just maybe some some initiatives that might help um families to maybe get back on their feet or at least begin to feel confident about themselves mm. um, so yeah, that's a key part of what we do. And come together as a community, because that's what I've really enjoyed, you know, being alongside other mums, other dads, other grandmas and uh, grandparents that come along and just listen to some of those conversations and just feel those networks strengthening over something quite simple like sharing a meal, then, you know, that confidence and that relaxed atmosphere kind of emerges. And yeah, I've really enjoyed that um, yeah, those creative conversations, I suppose, around the food table or around the making table, whichever that might be. Mm. And then the barista training is obviously really exciting. We're, we're all a bit coffee mad at the moment. So that's, you know, <laughs> another strand. So, um, so that's how we've been getting to know one another. And of course, we've just completed these workshops at um, Rock Farm, which is part of what one church also provides, um, where we were deliberately bringing um, it was for the mothers, for the parents, and it was about providing food, but it was about that kind of coming together and um, working together in our environment. I wonder what that um, that week meant for you. Had you, you know, have you got any reflections on last week? Um, it was hugely enjoying, and I think we we made a point, hadn't we, of um, inviting back those families that we'd taken. Um, during the summer, during the summer lockdown, um, summer sort of of August time, we had a day a week where we took families out to Rock Farm and um, just cooked and played and had fun and built dens and, you know, really gave those families an opportunity to get out of Brighton um, and, um, you know, have have that experience. Um, so it was hugely enjoyable to be able to, um, it, almost as a, the next, you know, slightly next step to take those families out as, you know, just as parents without, the children to go so give those mothers an opportunity to have time to 
um, you know, build those relationships again, come and harvest, um, cook together, learn about cooking, but also have that experience of sitting around a fire and eating mm. um, good food, which, um, you know, was a big part of it. Um, so again, I, you know, the feedback was incredible. The parents absolutely loved it. Um, for some people, for some parents, that was the only time really they've, you know, stepped at much step beyond their immediate community um, since March. Yeah. Um, so it was, um, it was really well appreciated. Um, yeah. And by us too, to get out. For yeah. The week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, just thinking about, you know, the food in um, other people's lives that you work with, I wonder what the place, what food means in your life, if you've got a thought about that. In my life? Yeah, what, what the place of food is, how it feels for you. Um, this will come out when I talk about my signature dish, dish more in depth, but um, I, uh, um, I, I mean, I, I think well, I've learned that food is so much more than um, just fuel, you know, yeah. it's, it's about, um, connecting with the earth that we all live in. It, it's about, um, you know, recognizing that we're one, really we're one race and we have the planet to look after and we, you know, in, in order for that to continue and not self-sabotage the planet we're living on, we need to come together and work together and take individual responsibility there's lots to talk about in terms of that um but food um is just a joy i love eating good healthy food um and i love the um the you know the profound if you like spiritual element of sitting around a table with others and sharing Mm -hmm. food and the, the what happens the dynamics of what happens in that for me is proper soul food it's it's you know it's it does me so good yeah. Um, to be able to do that and it's, it's an expression of love so I love good food um, I love simple food anything that I can cook quite quickly and you know like yourself I'm a sort of bit of a chuck it in kind of gal where <laughs> I don't really measure too much um, I taste a lot um, I produce you know what I do is, is quite simple probably dishes that um, are not meant to be you know I'm really meant to be served as they are I, I would you know, get a little bit offended if someone added lots of salt and pepper to what I cook because I taste all the way along and feel like that's what I've created. So it's hugely important. I love sitting around the table with my family and um, others um, and eating. I certainly always see your face light up when food is around <laughs> and, you, and you see it, and yeah. you see it being made and you throw yourself mm. in to that process. But I also notice how much you enjoy. Um, sitting around the table with other people from from the little mm. bit that we've done together. So, so tell me, what would your signature dish? <laughs> what would you do? Um, well, the dish I've I've chosen as a signature dish is a ratatouille. Oh, I love ratatouille! <laughs> I absolutely love it. What a great choice! <laughs> yeah, mm. um, and the reason for that is that um, it's the first dish that I really learned how to make. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit of background when I was 18 I went on holiday to the south of France and ended up getting a job as an au pair in a French family um so didn't come home um for a year oh, well, actually, I Christmas. yeah so um where I lived was I lived on the south coast of France and we lived kind of on a on a cliff a li- uh, you know overlooking Italy one side and Monaco the other and our the grandparents lived across the road and they had terraces of yeah. um, vegetables so the, you know the grandparents used to cook and um, so grow mm. lots of fresh food, um, you know, courgettes, aubergines, tomatoes, 
um, uh, you know, there was there was a, a sort of green gauge tree. Um, so, um, and you know, that's really the first dish I learned to cook. Saying that, I was lucky enough to grow up. Um, and my dad was a very good cook, and he had an allotment. So we used to eat very fresh and healthy food. Mm. And you know, there was four of us, there were four kids, so it was quite a big family. So we used to sit around the table. I was, I was kind of used to that. But this took it to a whole new level. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We're looking at level. Italy on one side, Monica yeah. on the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so the ratatouille has is, is got to be my signature dish because it's simple. It's fr- mm. there's, you know, there's fresh food that I would literally go and pick that morning and then cook it up for lunch. Yeah. Um, it's uh it's colorful the food is ripe um mm. it's a simple dish that just works so well um, yeah, with all yeah. the ingredients in it um, well it can be it's so versatile and that was a big part of the dishes we cooked last week you know about things because you haven't necessarily got time to cook every day mm. um in the in the world we live mm. in now but obviously ratatouille just gets better mm. each, each day and then yeah. it's got loads of different hats that it can wear <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, it makes a really good basis for a lasagna or um, just on bruschetta or, yeah. you know, with some fish if you eat fish. Yeah. So is that is that part of it for you, the fact that you can make a, a big dish and then it can find lots of different outfits? Yeah, yeah I think um, it is sometimes better the next day cold with a, mm. you know, with a, roast, with a cold with a bit of roast chicken and some lovely... French bread and butter scooping up, you know, the sauce around the dish. And um, yeah, I think um, for me, it is really versatile and Mm. um, it's very tasty. Yeah. And you can kind of spruce it up, can't you, with them, you know, if you've got some slightly old, old road machines, if you're not picking just that day, you know, you, yeah, great way to kind of, you know, just, just make them taste great. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I I think, um, there's quite a lot of sim- symbolism in me for um, for um, the that dish. Do you want me to talk about that now? Yeah, please. Yeah, because um, I think it's uh, it's kind of made up of all these different ingredients that are actually okay by themselves. You think of an aubergine as a little bit mm. boring, find my impression in my you know opinion, but if you add it to you know yeah. a dish like that, it soaks up all the kind of yummy garlicky tomato sauce. Yeah. And it, it lends something to that dish. It becomes almost another vegetable. And it's, it, for me, it symbolizes a lot of, you know, life really, that it's, mm. we are all, um, you know, we're all unique and we come with our own packages of backgrounds and skills and um, giftings and um, things we like, our passions. And, and it's, you know, we need each other to kind of function as a society. Mm. And so, you know, everybody, nobody's more important than anyone else. So yeah. the value of each um, ingredient is, um, you know, they're all as important as each other and that yeah. together they create this greater than some of its parts kind of dish, mm-hmm. um, which for me feels, you know, quite symbolic of um, uh, I, I, life. I couldn't agree more, you know, and I think what's quite interesting as well when we think about big characters in the world, yeah. you know, people who are, I don't know, big hitters, alphas, or whatever they are, but they would be nothing without the people around them. That's true. Who make them that, you know? Yeah, and yeah. if you took out from a ratatouille the garlic, mm. which effectively is a quite a small little thing, but, and, you know, mm. but if you took that out, the thing would be nothing. Yeah. You know, and I think about that round a table, you know, the, mm. the baby, perhaps who's there, doesn't 
offer anything other than a smile and a, you know, a sort of a mucky face. But my goodness, we, <laughs> we treasure their presence, you know, the fact that yeah. they are just maybe the smallest person there, but they might be in some ways the, the person that really shines that light is that you were talking about earlier. So each, each person around a table mm. is, is vitally important to the whole. Yeah. We can so easily forget that in our own lives, you know, of, of how we might get a bit involved in self. <laughs> yes. Or, or who, you know, whether we think other people are more important or whatever. But all of us are, I mean, an aubergine is a great example of that. Because <laughs> I love aubergine. But it's really interesting how you put it just there. Because an aubergine is very plain, nothing. Mm. And actually dreadful on its own because unless mm. you put it with some oil, it's yeah. just hopeless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So you can't do anything alone. Mm. And that's as as you say that that is a great symbolism for us, and you know a key mm. part of kitchen therapy really that we all need each other. And and it's the it's the process and it's yeah. the coming together. That yes, makes it makes it wonderful and great to eat or great yeah. to eat or great to yeah. Eat. Yeah. So if, if this dish was a person, if you, you were to meet them, had you, um, had you an idea what sort of a character they might be? Um, this, if this dish was a person, they would be unpretentious. Um, uh-huh. They wouldn't need any, you know, any um, fanciers and graces because who they are just speaks for themselves. Yeah. Um, so you don't need any fancy herbs or spices and ratatouille. You know, you just need to allow the ingredients to just kind of merge and marinate and um, add to each other. So that person would be, um, yeah, kind of unpretentious, um, happy in their own skin, Mm. just happy to be who they are, Mm. Um, quality. um, Yeah, I couldn't think of a a sort of one person to describe that, but I think, um, I think you know, a very welcome addition to any dinner party would yes. be a person that has a ratatouille kind of <laughs> character. Yeah, um, yeah, they're quite robust, I guess, aren't they, as yeah, well? So yeah. they, could, they could easily find themselves, as, as you say, at, as a guest at any type of a table. Yeah. At yeah. any time of day, in fact. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> They've yes, kind of got quite, quite a good lust for food and life, I would yeah. say. Yeah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> and I, I really like um what you're saying about them being unpretentious and happy to be in their own skin because that's just such an important message and as soon as you t- say the word ratatouille mm. I mean it's just got I mean it's a great word isn't it mm. yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it rolls around the tongue and it's just beautiful and you know it does just speak for itself it really uh, and and allows all those other vegetables to have um yeah, to speak for themselves and to come together in a mm. sort of party type atmosphere, even though it might just be a very ordinary lunchtime. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, you know, that dish um, reminds me so much of, um, of the uh, sitting around a table and lingering around yes. a table. And, and, you know, that the food isn't a fuel, it's 
actually um, something that brings us together. It's a way that we can express love to each other and appreciate and value each other because we, we created something and we're sharing something together. Um, and good quality, simple food is important, but it almost takes second place to the company that's around the table. Absolutely. Because, you know, what I was experiencing in, in, in my job was, in, as an au pair was that actually visitors would pop in or, you know, there would just be others that would pop in and be invited to sit around the table with us that I'd never met before, but they're just passing. And, you know, there was such a beautiful hospitality um, mm. in that culture that blew me away. Mm. Um, and, you know, we might have fish fingers and chips as a, you know, with the kids, but that could be a proper event. Yeah. You know, yeah it could absolutely. be carefully made. It could be, you know, mm. it was, it was, there was something really quite, um, yeah, um, other about um, the experience that I had. And, and I think the hospitality and the simplicity of the food and the sitting around the table together and the taste um, mm -hmm. of food. Um, you know, in France, you'd have my, you might have four or five or six courses, but you'd never be stuffed at the end of it because there would be little portions and you'd be tasting a whole you know, a whole different, your palate would just be on fire with all sorts of different tastes throughout that meal, um, mm. which, you know, made it a whole different experience to just sitting home eating a dinner and then getting up and going and do something else. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sort of talking as you're going, so allowing that digestion to happen as you're digesting or absorbing people as well mm. in that, because that is just, um, in that it is what food needs to yeah. be it is about our connection and it starts I do think you know it kind of draws us in because our noses and our eyes are just you know looking forward to that moment but actually as you say what we realize what we really need is that connection to to the land and um to to each other so if she I'm, I'm assuming it's a she is Ratatouille a she um don't know no, me neither. I don't know actually. that it could be either, actually. I, when I think about the French, it's both. Yeah, well, that's great. So she's <laughs> sort of slightly androgynous or just mm. who she is and doesn't need to be assigned. So that's <laughs> and, and if they had a song, what would that song be? So I think the song would be Harvest for the World by the Isley oh. Brothers. Oh, um, lovely. Yeah, because... That song speaks of, um, well, you know, harvesting, and we did lots of that at Rock Farm, didn't we, before we mm. cooked and ate. Um, but it speaks of really this earth, planet that we live on, potentially having abundance for everybody so that everybody can have enough to eat. But because of, you know, unfortunately what we've done to the climate and, you know, our own individual, you know, lust for greed, if you like, um, there has, you know, there's a huge gap between those that have and those that haven't, and there are those that don't have enough to yeah. eat. And so that song for me is a real cry of when is this going to change? Um, but it also talks about love and it talks about that's the kind of common denominator in all of us. And, um, mm. that really there's hope, you know, if we, if we all take our individual responsibilities, um, carefully so it's a funky song and it's fun yeah. to you know to listen to as well so I think that would be the signature I think it's a great choice I feel a little bit emotional as you're talking <laughs> about it and you know yeah. about that vision for hope
about this process what was that like for you thinking about you know taking you back to being 18 Vanessa (laughs) (laughs) just a couple of years ago but still (laughs) oh it was it it made me remember fondly how my um appreciation for food was really born um and I I suppose it, it 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 caused me to miss you know this has been a very odd year hasn't it so I've yeah. really missed sitting around a table with lots of family lots of friends and sharing um sharing food together mm-hmm. um it also made me realize how lucky I was growing up as a family to have fresh food every day you know regularly and a you know dad that knew what he was doing to yeah all up um just to introduce that idea of you know using an allotment which is shared with lots of other people you know, yeah. that space and everybody working on their own bit of land, but then mm. together as well. I yeah. think the allotment culture is a really important aspect, isn't it, for us? Yeah. You know, how important farming is to humans. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for him, it really helped his mental health to disappear out on a Saturday morning at six o'clock and just get, get to the allotment. And um, I can understand why he wanted to do that. So it, it helped him. But when he brought back, you know, the produce and cooked it up, it was just tremendous. So, um, did he do all the cooking in your family or most of much. it? Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and your mum, was she quite happy for that or how did she, how did she get involved or not? I mean, not when we were growing up, not so much because my dad did it all and he was so good. Right. Um, and, um, so that was fine. Yeah. For us, he was happy to cook most, most of the time. And when dad died, she then began to, as an adult, she then began, when I was an adult, she then began to take, um, to learn to cook herself. And she began to cook great casseroles and, and all that kind of thing. That was probably her signature dishes were lovely casseroles. Mm. Um, so that was great. Um, was that healing for her to learn to cook? Do you think? Um, maybe. Maybe, mm. um, and maybe she just needed to. Yes, um, <laughs> yes. yes. Well, it's a great help being hungry, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I imagine that that must have been really difficult for her losing mm. her partner, mm. at, you know, quite a young age. Mm. So then, taking on his role, um, you know, there's kind of absorbing some of the things and finding that place in herself. I imagine that. Yeah. yeah would be interesting to to know yeah. that she, the important thing is she did it and I guess the fact that mm. it tastes good would suggest to me that there's yeah. something very healing in that for sure and you know it's a casserole so it's a dish that we'd all eat together you know yes. it would be very much a sharing one mm. um so yeah and ratatouille is just that really isn't it it's a vegetable casserole mm. Mm. 
particular kind of Mediterranean quality. But mm. it is that, you know, that is the thing in a casserole that all of those ingredients are equally important. And that's yeah. just a great message, a message for life. So um, you quite enjoy cooking and you're quite a creative, intuitive cook that has gained a lot of, you know, real knowledge from, and you know, feeling from the inside of, of um, the importance and quality of nature of food. So what, what sort of tune would you like to listen to when you're cooking? Do you like to listen to music whilst you cook? Um, I do. Uh, it, it really depends on what I'm cooking and, and what mood I'm in. I suppose if it's, um, if it's, an, if it's an evening, I generally like to just put something boppy on that will just give me that burst of energy that I need. So not deep, not a deep track here, but um, one that is um, great oh, to dance good. to, pop around in the kitchen, is Let Your Love Flow by the Bellamy Brothers. Oh, very nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, dance. Just up for a little dance. And it just gives me the, yeah, I think the burst of energy at the end of a busy day.
So it just gives me the, yeah, I think the burst of energy at the end of a busy day to, um, to just take it there. I, you know, it depends. If I'm, if I'm cooking, if I'm baking a cake or something at the weekend, then I might listen to the radio or I might put some, mm-hmm. a podcast on or something like that. But if it's at the end of the, of the busy day, generally I need a bit of a boost, so something to dance to. Yeah, and also a kind of a letting go, because I do listen mm-hmm. to podcasts and I love the radio. But I've just, you know, I realised that actually sometimes I just need to not think yeah. about anything. Yeah. Not, not connect with ideas and a sort of a yeah. cognitive experience, but just really get into my body yes. when I cook. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. I think that's, that, that is important, the, the, the ability just to chop up an onion or chop up some vegetable and for that to be all that's expected of me. I don't need yeah. to make decisions. I don't need to pretend to be a grown-up in <laughs> my job as usual. Yeah. Um, I just need to chop something. And yeah, yeah. it's wonderful, sim- you know, simplicity in that. And certainly, you know, during lockdown, running chomp and then, you know, maybe coming up on a Friday afternoon and just picking mange too um, and maybe eating a few before they hit the box. But, you know, just helping to, to kind of harvest the, the vegetables um, for the front row market was as much for my benefit as it was for theirs. Um, so there was a, a real simplicity and a letting go um, mm. of that, which was really important for my mental health yeah yeah I think that was one of the things that I gained from um that that week over at the farm was that there were lots of people doing lots of different types of jobs there you know buildings and collecting and um seeding and harvesting and so on built making fires um and we were all there for a different we all had a different role to play but we were all very connected in a human enterprise and as you say so that that you know I came away with huge amounts of sustenance for the for my soul and mm. um yeah really grateful for that experience so mm. and it was you know just that feeling of you know if you're at a farm especially <laughs> and you're by a fire you really can't think about anything else <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all you've got to worry about is getting that food on the table and that is a very refreshing very human animalistic type experience i think which is which is great so we've got something fantastic to dance to (laughs) (laughs) and we're going to enjoy that and um sort of working through this process i wonder what tune kind of came to you as you were Mm -hmm. thinking about um yeah what this whole idea of kitchen therapy and the meaning of food what that was Mm. like well, actually, the tune that came to mind pretty quickly was um, a song by Talk Talk called Life's What oh. We Make It. Oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah.
when I went to live in France, um, these, this was the 80s, um, and unfortunately they, had, they didn't have the likes of, you know, great bands that got at the moment like Daft Punk. They, they had Europop on the radio. Um, so I'd taken over with me maybe half a dozen cassette tapes that I just listened to again and again and again and again and just digested them. And one of them happened to be Talk Talk. Yeah. Um, so it does remind me quite a lot of um, the role that music played in my life um, back then and good music played in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess life's what you make it is, is quite a good um, mantra for me. Um, you know, I, I think um, on, a, on a, you know, sort of on a level, I did that when I took the job in France, not knowing, Absolutely. you know, not knowing a lot of French, not knowing, knowing that I'd need to be fluent very quickly um not knowing anyone arriving there with you know with it was a quite a lonely experience at times but um it was it was you know such a great year um so life's what you make it is kind of maybe about taking what comes at you in life and um just you know kind of accepting it sometimes and just making the most of it and i think hugely we saw that during lockdown with the families that we were delivering to um, that, you know, very early on um, we'd, we'd take food boxes round and the look on the parents, the mums, often the single mums faces as I drop boxes round were a mixture of sort of panic of, of fear of um, just, you know, just, just not knowing the situation as none of us did, but the way that they just got on with it, and they made the, you know, they just made the best of it. They carried on, you know, for their kids, they carried on. You know, we all had to, but it, like, lockdown was a very different experience if you were in a small flat with two small kids as, oh. as opposed to, you know, some of us who were able to go home and sit in our garden on the, on the, in the beautiful sunny day. And they, so I was, I'm so in awe. I'm going to get emotional now. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm so in awe of these families that... Um, that they just did it and um I think you know they're my heroes really at the end of the day then those those stories won't be won't be told um I'm sure for the majority but um uh you know they they um they understood this that they they had you know they just got on with life and they made the best of the situation um and and this is where we're at so yeah that, <laughs> that has a huge significance to me that track yeah, absolutely. It's a, a really important story about being able to say yes sometimes and be able to work with what you've got and um, to recognise the valour in other people that mm. helps us then to step up, doesn't it? You know, yeah, for sure. The reason you were able to see that look mm. was because you were delivering food. And mm. so, you know, Chomp had kept going in its own way and found, you know, a rivulet to follow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that was why we were able to get the funding to do the project at the farm that I became involved with. Um, so there was a real solution-based kind of response that was coming from the community that we're working with. And um, it's been really lovely to hear how that start, that was the beginning of your life, you know, at 18 years old. I mean, I love that story that you were on holiday and just didn't come home. That's <laughs> That's to me, you know, it's just a real dream and a great way to have started life, you know, to kind mm. of just say yes, mm. <laughs> jump in before you've asked too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. and realized oh my word before the kind of you know the brain kicks in and goes but what if what if what you know it's just like no we'll work it out as we go and um that is that adaptation that flexibility and that willingness for life um mm. i think is a really lovely message to to end this little interview with so thank you so much Vanessa it's been lovely to kind of enter into your world a little bit um, this morning and uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed talking to you great so have I thank you <laughs> pleasure speak to you soon Vanessa speak to you soon okay cheerio bye bye I wonder if this conversation has stirred thoughts about your own signature dish the story it tells and messages for life it gives you do drop me a line and leave a comment with your food for thought kitchen reflections at www.therapykitchen.co.uk or here on the SoundCloud site where you can find out more about me and what I do. Thank you so much for being in the conversation today and I'll be back shortly with a new guest on Kitchen Sessions. Kitchen Sessions.